Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. What is going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. I am your host, Julian Edlow. We are recording on Thursday, April 21st, and uh, the podcast has been all over the place lately. We took a little break after NFL season. We did all our March Madness episodes. Steve hosted our our MLB preview. Um, We got our NBA playoff preview in. And we have gone all this time without talking about the NFL draft. And as we record, we are now a week away from the NFL draft. And it is time to start hitting on that and hitting on it heavily because betting on drafts are one of my favorite markets to hit because you're not going to be up by 20 and get backdoored at the buzzer off the glass. You're not going to be up 28 to three in the Super Bowl and wind up losing. It's an information based market. And that's what we're betting on. And, um, you know, if you talk to the right people, read the right people, pay attention to the right things. You can do really well with it. So um, speaking of people that I talk with about the draft um, in, you know, a very large group of people that do so, we're going to the three-man box if you're watching on YouTube. So we are bringing in Will Brinson, um, CBS Sports senior NFL writer, as well as Connor Allen, the director of betting at four for four. Uh, Gentlemen, how are we doing? Welcome to Unreasonable Odds. I, I didn't realize that Connor had a better title. I, I might leave now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm at the director level, so I don't know if, uh, you know, hey, you senior got director. Senior in there. Um, you know, you know I actually got senior, so like, I got senior, like, eight or nine years ago. And it wasn't it wasn't because I was, like, also in my job or old. It was, like, the position had been vacated, and I was threatening <laughs> to go somewhere else. And <laughs> and they were like, all right, you're a senior NFL writer. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do this for two years. Let's go. I mean, if it makes either of you feel any better, my job is content creator yeah but you're you're like on tv a lot well yes i'm extremely famous you guys know that Uh, it is it is always shocking to see somebody like that you know or to see yourself on television yes um yeah my my stepmom had issues like understanding it she was here like i did a i did one of those uh DraftKings promos before the uh, Monday night football Patriots bills game, that weather game in Buffalo this year. Yeah. And uh, I had that thing pregame and I was telling her she was here visiting. I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be on this on the pregame. She had trouble understanding it. Like on this. And I, like, <laughs> yeah, like on the, like the football game. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, but just in Boston. Right. I was like, no, like ESPN is not running a commercial just in Boston. No. <laughs> um all right, anyway, we're going off the rails, and we're already, we're already late, so let's talk about the NFL draft. Um, I feel so behind because this is something that you can get involved with very early, and, you know, I have a lot of, you know, basketball things going on in, in my world as my primary sport, but I've gotten as involved in this as I can, and we've seen the number one pick go everywhere um, from – when it was like a pick between uh, Hutchinson and uh, 
Kayvon Thibodeau, and then, you know, it was going to be Neil, and then it was going to be um, Icky. Icky from NC State, and now it's back to Hutchinson minus 200 on DK, but Trayvon Walker is picking up steam, and he's plus 190. Let's just, before we go all over the board, we'll start with these, like, first top five or something and just get your guys' thoughts. What do we think? We'll start with you, Will. What do we think about Jacksonville at one and how they get this draft going? Well, um, in the in the group chat, I think I've gained some notoriety for my. You don't need to say, and again, I don't. You don't need to say to. I'll, before you give away too much, you don't need to say anything you don't want to say. No, 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 no. I, you don't want to give away. But, but you know ahead. what? So, like, Julian, you're screwed up. Is like I realized yesterday while recording my podcast that like I like I had been giving this information in the group chat and like hadn't mentioned. Like, maybe I like referenced it on my podcast, but I was like, I need to the pick six podcast. If you want to subscribe, I was like, I need to kind of throw this out there so that way, like people can, people can jump on it. But um, I have it on, I mean, I think reasonable authority or like, I have a, I have a fairly good secondhand source. Yeah. You know, be honest about it. That, um, that, that indicates that they are going to go Trayvon Walker at one. And this is when it was like four to one, three and a half to one, maybe Connor remember better. I did maybe even five to one where you guys might um, down to plus plus one ninety. I still, you know, I followed up on it yesterday and i still think it's the case i still think trayvon walker's their guy and the, here's the thing and i keep mentioning this that i really has really hit home for me over the last like 48 to 72 hours is trent balky going to draft someone at number one overall who will give jim harbaugh like 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 it'll give him props it's like oh jim harbaugh did the number one pick in the nfl draft. I saw this. hell no <laughs> so i saw this and i Connor, maybe you have more thoughts. I, like, I don't know the situation that well enough, but it seems like if the, there's a guy that is should be the number one pick, you can't let any of that get in the way. I think that Trent Baalke and Jim Harbaugh hate each other so much. That <laughs> okay, he, maybe you can't, yeah. maybe you yeah. can't get in the way. Harbaugh is also like a super passionate guy, like someone who like has, I mean, I have, I have some friends who, you know, know the Harbaugh's well enough that like him and his brother will like not talk to each other for like certain periods of time because they're so competitive that like yeah. they will like, if something happens, like they will like get such big deals about it. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure bulky, a guy with, you know, less than, uh, you know, a small ego or probably bigger than a small ego and, uh, you know, probably gets in plenty of the way there. Yeah. So I think Will's on, on the right point there. And well, I, I was going to say too, like on the Hutch thing, like if, if this were um, like Trevor Lawrence versus, uh, Zach Wilson, I think it's a whole different ballgame. Like, right. you're going to take the best prospect. It, but we're talking, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson has sort of been propped up by, like, a great stretch run to the, the end of the season, Michigan making it into the playoffs, and then sort of the draft complex that said, oh, like, Aiden Hutchinson's a great player. Yeah. You know, like, I, I know, like, Mike Renner at PFF, I, I love Mike, but, you know, he said that he's maybe a better athlete than the Bosa brothers. Uh, I don't think so. Like, I yeah. mean – that that's yeah. that doesn't hit home for me. And Mike's again, Mike's great on the draft stuff. You look at Trayvon Walker, he ran the fastest 40 by someone 270 pounds or more since 2000, like a 471. He's he's long, explosive, bendy, freak athlete. He's maybe he's not as good, and he certainly wasn't as productive, but he's basically Alden Smith, who Trent Balky drafted. And so I really think that Trayvon Walker is the play here, barring Shad Khan stepping in and saying, okay, actually, you know, we really need to, you know, this, this first pick needs to be about um, protecting Trevor Lawrence. And they decided to go Iki Aquanu, which uh, according to multiple. I know we're all fine with that. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But multiple reports out there have indicated that Doug Peterson wants Icky Aquanu at one. So neither one of those things would be entirely shocking. Maybe it's more likely that they try and go Linderbaum in the second round. That gets that makes everybody happy. You get the the Jason Kelsey comp in addition to the the bendy edge rusher that you can pair with Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, two other factors I'd like to add to that too. I also prescribed to the theory that at this point, like we over the last two to three weeks have heard nothing that Jacksonville like likes Hutchinson or like is really into right. Hutchinson. It's only been outsiders being like Hutchinson's great. Hutchinson is awesome. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like that doesn't even matter. Like, you know, it's just like analysts saying that he's good when in reality, all that matters is the Jacksonville Jaguars opinion of him. Uh, he also has short arms, Trent Balky, notoriously a long armed lover. I mean, he's got a little T-Rex on. So, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> that. Trent Balky, notorious long armed lover. <laughs> You're right. Um, I mean, like the, the traits that, that Trent Balky likes, uh, Walker possesses and, and Hutchinson doesn't. And I don't know. Yeah, no, I, okay. I, I, I think that's, that's the move. <clears throat> Let's let me put it this way. Then uh, if you're going to make one bet on this and you could bet them both, but if you're going to make one DK Sportsbook as we record Trayvon Walker's plus one ninety to be the top pick, maybe the better bet in sacrificing the juice is just to take Hutchinson over one at plus one sixty. And then whether it's whether it's Walker or any offensive lineman, Icky, Neil shocks the world and jumps up there, win them all on on over one and a half on Hutchinson at plus one sixty. Yeah, one hundred percent. Just for that thirty cents difference. If if we were talking like three to one or five to one, you know right. what what a lot of us bet it at. Um, when we you know when when I. Probably when you gave absolutely. when you gave us this news, but I logged out this information, forgetting there's like 30 people in this chat. Like you know, it's like it's like some I don't really even know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that and that numbers come down. You want the outs because there is a chance that they end up going offensive line at one. I mean, I've heard people say that they think that's entirely possible still. And like I said, I you know we're a week out. Nobody, everything you hear is that the Jaguars still don't definitely like they haven't definitely decided or don't definitely know. So there's a possibility that ownership steps in and says, no, we need to protect Trevor because mm-hmm. Cam Robinson, you can't tag him again next year because it'd be the, the third year tag, which is 144%. And, you know, they haven't worked out a deal yet. So I, I think you're right. I think the plus 160 is the way to go there. And I know we'll get to the, um, you know, the, I'm trying to see what the, does DK have the, yeah, the number two pick. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, whoa. Uh, Why yeah. do all sites do this where it's like these picks are always out of order? Like, every yeah. so this is weird. The number 10 pick must be a new market and it's snuck in there. Otherwise, everything's in order. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Um, oh, that could be yeah, because there's num- a one number, in two, of it. number two pick. Um, let's just go to that. It sounds like we kind of all agree that over one and a half on Hutchinson at plus 160 is probably the best way to bet the top pick now and just win yes. on anybody but Hutchinson. Um, so, what what are the lines thinking it to it's i mean Thibodeau is down to plus 150 here to be the second guy um like he was supposed to maybe be the number one pick here and then he was juiced to over five he was going to be out of the top five now he's supposed to go two three four again but if jacksonville passes on hutchinson now hutchinson's there at plus 160 for the second pick oh, and by the way uh, you also you also bring in let's say that the jaguars are idiots and are smoke screening came on Thibodeau and they want to take him at one with that plus 160 over on Hutch. You get that too. So true. Yeah. yeah. It, it just covers, it covers way more. Um, and like you said, Will, this, 
is not a draft. The last two drafts, we've had Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. It's like not only was it a no-brainer who was going to go, but the number one pick was worth significantly more than it is worth in this draft, um, which in some ways, you know, diminishes the value of the picks after it, um, I guess. Sort even of. even 2018, the Browns wanted to control who they could draft at quarterback. And, every, you know, like, you were not going to entice in 2018, 2019, 2020 – Maybe you could have done it in 2017, but those three years, you were not going to entice one of those three teams to draft to trade out of the first overall pick. The Jaguars would love to be enticed. Like they oh, are, yeah. they would kill to get out of the first overall pick and move down and right. have more options, but it ain't going to happen. Exactly. Nobody, nobody wants it. Nobody needs it. Um, so Connor, I guess thoughts on the number two overall pick, because I don't really have, like, I'm not, I haven't bet on the number two pick. I haven't bet on anyone specifically to the lions. I don't really have anything, I guess, going on here um, yeah. other than Hutchinson being not being one. Yeah, so I think if we kind of go through that scenario, I think we're all pretty confident that Walker or, you know, not Hutchinson is going to be one. So we're looking at uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, both being there. Uh, recently, I mean, as of yesterday, Kayvon Thibodeau went from being, you know, like six, seven, eight to one to be the second overall pick all the way up to being the favorite at plus 150. And this was a pretty universal steam across the betting, uh, you know, across most but betting no platforms. Info. It was like, but with no, yeah. there was nothing like, it was like a DJ tweet or like a mock draft. It just nothing. That's nothing. what I mean. Just, this stuff usually needs like a Rappaport Schefter type tweet to, for yeah. this kind of movement. So it was, like, what it was very strange. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, that makes me think <laughs> that we missed something or someone knows something. Uh, usually I don't buy into draft team too much, but I think it's very much in the uh, realm of po possibilities here. And I know that uh, Will picked up some intel that the Lions really, really love uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, but it depends on, do they love him more than Aiden Hutchinson? Or is that just based on someone right. hearing the Lions absolutely are going to pick Thibodeau, but kind of assuming that Hutchinson's going to go one. Like if he's still there, local guy, he is a good prospect, fits a lot of, you know, Dan Campbell's whole, you know, mentality, I think. But again, that's an outsider's perspective. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Will, do you have a, a strong take on number two? Yeah, I don't think this is a bettable market because it's like if, if any, again, like you said, Connor, if one, if something was like, you know, six to one or seven to one, then I would take Thibodeau for there for sure. Um, at plus 150 and then Hutch at plus 160. I mean, even, you know, like even Malik Willis is 10 to one. There's just not a lot of juice because like i think it's more like should be like more like 30 to 1 from malik willis to be second overall just in terms of like the real possibility of it now he could yeah. go two overall but i i wouldn't be betting any of these numbers at number two overall because my gut is telling me now that thibodeau is going to be the second overall pick and that i think that the the two narratives the two competing narratives uh for the for the for the second overall pick one the you know the the local product thing and I'm not saying it's Connor's narrative. It's a, it's something that's been it's something that's been repeated. You know, it's like I mean, he is, he's from local. He's local, um, and, and the sort of player he is, like all that makes sense. But then there's also the uh, the Thibodeau narrative, which has told us that, um, you know, we have a you know a player who is all about his brand, and you know, is like oh, has a big ego. It's like, well, you know what? That's every NFL player. Every NFL player is about their brand and has a big yep. ego. If they were, if they didn't and they weren't, they wouldn't be in the NFL because it's, you know, like it, you have to, you have to be that type of alpha male to, to make it this far. So I think that maybe those narratives created the separation between Hutchinson and Thibodeau 
and now the reality, and remember, there's a delay in what teams think internally and talk about internally and then how it gets out to the media. And so I think maybe that we're sort of seeing that delay come about where, all right, maybe the Lions like Thibodeau a lot more than we thought, and they're just going to take the best player at number two uh, versus going with the, the local product. So I, I like Thibodeau at two, but um, I don't think it's bettable at that number. Yep, agreed. All right. Uh, Houston Texans third pick overall. It sounds like we might see two edge rushers as the first two picks. Is Houston taking that third edge rusher that is left over? Are they going to the offensive line? Um, or are they doing something else? Yeah. I mean, I think that in this scenario, I think Hutchinson at anything more than like 15 to one is certainly in play at third overall, because as we just mentioned, we think Walker's one, we think that it's like probably 50, 50 Thibodeau or Hutchinson. So you're basically getting, I think that the Texans would sprint to the podium uh, with the Hutchinson with Hutchinson still on the board at number three. Um, right. Now at 20 to one, I mean, I think that's a great bet. And I'm sure now as we're talking about it on a DraftKings podcast, it will not be 20 to one, uh, you know, come next week, <laughs> but well, it uh, is right now. And it will, but it be is right when now. We, it will be when this gets on Twitter on Thursday night, April 21st. Exactly. Um, I, but I, okay. So I think if say Hutchinson goes to, I don't think that they really strike me as a team that likes, uh, that likes Thibodeau, uh, you know, with Casario and the whole, you know, culture personality thing, you know, they take on some culture, like some personality risks, but generally they want guys who like love football. And that's kind of been the question with Thibodeau is like, he takes plays off, you know, more lack of motor, stuff like that. Things that I don't think they're really super into. So in that case, I would lean towards Evan Neal or Aquanu. In this case, Evan Neal, we've uh, you know heard through the grapevine that they prefer Neal to Aquanu. But again, you know, I think that the play here is Hutchinson for me at twenty to one. I, I want to say, and I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to quote him directly, but I want to, I want to, I'm pretty sure that Lance Zierlein, who is uh, Zierlein, who's really plugged into all things Houston and is one of the main NFL media uh, draft guys. I want to say that he said that Casario or like that Thibodeau would is not this. I want to say he heard something about that. Connor, do you remember if, if there was a, a zero line tweet about Thibodeau not being a fit there? Maybe it was even Walker. I can't, I, I agree with you in this, in that sense. I think that there's probably a chance that um, Thibodeau is that they would prefer to go with either a cornerback knowing that they won't get that corner like Stingley and Sauce Gardner are not going to be there at 13. Right, so if right. you want to get that cornerback, you've got to take him at three. There's a chance there'll be an offensive lineman there available for you at 13, not Neil or Icky, obviously. Um, the other thing that Lance definitely has said on, a, on, a, on the athletic podcast is that he believes increasingly that after this year that the, um, that the, the Texans will move on from Laramie Tunsil. And that's why Icky or Neil makes sense because they have a lot of versatility in where you can play them. You know, you could have Titus Howard on the right side, uh, Laramie Tunsil on the left. You could slide Icky into guard and then move him to the left side after you go, go away from Tunsil next year. Or if you want to, you know, Neil, you would have to play at the right side and then figure out what you do want to do with Howard before moving him back. So I think I, that's why I, I, I guess I kind of think they could go cornerback here, but it's so high for a cornerback and it's just a very non Belichickian style thing to do, which we, I mean, you sort of have to assume that Casario will operate that way, uh, even though we don't have a long history of it. I mean, that would definitely shake things up. Um, and I have unders on Stingley and uh, sauce. So that works fine with me. If you want to start the corner market up at number three, overall, um, 
if it doesn't get started at number three overall, there is a chance they could get started at number four overall because we have seen some mock drafts have Sauce Gardner going number four to the Jets, who probably use one of those picks you would think on a corner if they can. Ideally, like maybe if they want to use it at some on somebody else at four, they're ideally thinking that Stingley is there at at ten. Um, both guys have seen their their props drop significantly throughout this process. Um, let's lump let's lump the Jets together here um because we're about to go to the giants both of which have two top 10 picks what are we thinking for the jets overall but what do they want to do at four and ten combined i guess and is there anything still on the board that you think is 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 playable for the jets yeah so i mean connor connor hughes an insider with the jets has been you know repeatedly saying that they're going to go edge and wide receiver at the at the four and ten picks and i think a lot it makes a lot of sense but i think the way the board kind of falls at four, it's a little bit of an awkward situation because do you, you know, Thibodeau is very. Say, so you just said they want to go edge at four. Let's say that the top three picks in any order are mm-hmm. Walker, Thibodeau, and um, Hutchinson. Hutchinson, yeah. and those three are off the board. Would yeah, you, yeah. You're gonna take the next guy at, at four. <laughs> no, I think, I think <laughs> then it becomes. So it's 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 crazy to think about like what the Jets have to do from a like a internal mock draft perspective, right? You have to, you have to, you have to basically mock out, you know, 15 different scenarios at minimum and then have them kind of play out, you know, like, all right, what do we do if this happens, you know, this, this, and this, and teams do that all the time. You know, I would guess that they have a, probably the majority of their internal mocks are uh, two edges in one offensive line or three edge rushers coming off the board. And at that point, they're basically deciding, Okay, do because I, I think I don't know, man. I mean, they could go, they could go DL, they could go DLOL, they could go wide receiver cornerback. Um, not not necessarily in that order, just um, you know, I I think I think at this point I, I feel most comfortable with them going corner at four, even though I know Connor Hughes says that's not gonna happen, and then wide receiver at 10. That's sort of where my head's at right now. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, based on how this our you know hypothetical board and how we've been going through it shook out, I think that certainly makes the most sense because then you're looking at a chance between like you know Ahmad Sauce Gardner versus Drake London or Jamison Williams or Garrett Wilson, um, or you take your pick at an offensive lineman. Uh, we they just talked today in the press conference saying that you know Makai Becton didn't show up to their you know early training stuff and you know like it didn't really seem like too big of a deal. Uh, at least in my opinion, but they really emphasize that it's, I saw multiple tweets, like really going through it. Uh, it seemed like something that they were trying to send a message to Becton. Uh, so I don't know. I think that that kind of puts them in play for, you know, Icky or Neil at four, if there's both on the board. Okay. Before let, let's go to the giants, I guess, before we talk about the wide receiver market and how that's going to shake out in the top 10 the giants are obviously five and uh, five and seven. Um, clearly one of those two picks has to be an offensive lineman, right. Um, To protect Daniel Jones. And then you could do a number of other, of other things. Uh, Sauce Gardner is the favorite right now at plus 300 to be the seventh overall pick. Um, But his draft prop has now moved to to five and a half. So like, he's probably going to be a top five pick according to the odds, or at least as a coin flip to be. He's not, Um, he's not making, he's not making it seven. Right. So they might have to take him at five if he's there. The, and at five, the co-favorites are Neil and Icky, both at plus 300. Sauce Garner's right behind them at 
plus 450. Um, how do we think the Giants are looking to make it make it out of here at five and seven? So with the Giants pick, if you're, I mean, in theory, and obviously you can get burned by this, but if you're the Giants and you want to take an offensive lineman, you don't wait till seven. You have to take them at five because the Panthers are, I would say, most likely the most likely team to draft an offensive lineman out of anybody in the top 10. If you're like, you know, gun to my head, I got to pick what team is going to draft an offensive lineman. It feels like the Panthers, um, assuming that they have, and I, I think this is the case, gotten away from drafting a quarterback at six. If they trade down, uh, obviously a whole different ballgame. Um, I, I wish that at five we had better odds on Charles Cross or even Icky or Neal. Um, but, uh, you know, like it, 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 the problem with the Giants pick at five with these odds is I don't think there's a clear enough value given there is so much at variable at three and four right now that we don't know. Like, because if the Jets, you know, the Jets draft Icky, you know, that maybe the Giants go kneel and put him on the right side. They, they worked out Charles Cross on the right side and really liked him there, apparently. So there's just a lot of variables in play, depending on what Houston and New York do that I would probably want something closer to like, I don't know, maybe even 10 to one. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not really betting on this, uh, you know, as it stands right now, because you mentioned it. I think the cross stuff could very well be smoke too, because I mean, when Bob McGinn does a poll of a bunch of executives, I think just like two of 17 executives had cross as the uh, first offensive lineman that they liked. And uh, you know, a lot of other executives have really not pushed for cross to be the offensive tackle comes from a Mike Leach air raid offense, very little run blocking experience, tons of pass blocking experience though. I mean, over 1200 snaps and pass blocking reps. So again, I think that he's a fine prospect. He's just got to fit what you want. Is that what they want? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, another thing that we are, we're just not really sure about here. Um, but yeah. So for me at, at this point, I'm confident that they come away with the corner with one of their two picks I'm confident that if Gardner is there at five, they pick Gardner. If, uh, Stingley is there at seven and they don't pick Gardner at five. They will pick Stingley at seven. So that's probably what I'm most confident in with the giants. Yeah. I think that's a good call. All right. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> okay. Especially with the, the, like it would be shocking if the Panthers sniped them on a cornerback. Oh yeah. Now God, after using a top 10 pick on corner last year. Yeah. Now somebody, somebody could trade up with the Panthers to like, if, if the giants are like, all right, we're going to take icky. And then, you know, we know like sauce is gone. We know Stingley will be there. You know, somebody could, you know, then you could get sniped, but I think that would maybe be their ideal scenario. Um, all right. That covers the pretty much the majority of, of just going through the teams in the top 10. Um, before we go to draft position, I guess just looking at the top five and top 10 markets on DraftKings, um, do you guys think that there's still any value anywhere, anywhere on the board with those? Um, I think the top, top five kind of feels, done at this point to me and and played out we kind of know who most likely those guys are going to be we just don't know the order um so top 10 is really the only one i'm looking at but still it's gotten bet down like even if you think somebody like jameson williams cracks the top 10 on a wide receiver run like that value is gone it's down to plus 175 now versus what it once was um anything still on the board there for you guys in top five top 10 markets the only thing that i would add uh that i think is still in play that has like reasonable odds would be trevor penning plus 500 uh if stingley goes seven uh to the giants i think that the seahawks are very much in play at nine to grab penning 
Uh, so at plus 500, I don't think that's necessarily a bad look. But again, as you mentioned, I think a lot of the value has kind of already been sucked out of both these markets. Uh, you know, I know Will and I both got in on some some Jamison Williams action as well uh, to go top 10. So I, I don't I don't have the Jamison Williams action. You don't? No. That's sad. I'm I, sorry. I, 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 it, it is a, ge- a geographical, a geographical, a geography based reason why I don't have Jamison Williams top 10. But um, gotcha. I, I think that's definitely a, a, you know, it's a strong bet. It is interesting. You know, we talk about how we're a week away. This has been such an unusual. It's 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 eye opening to see how these draft prop lines have moved over the course of the last month. Because I feel like last year, and this is not a you know, not saying that you know DK didn't move it or you know, didn't move it appropriately. <laughs> it's just like there was everything was a little bit softer and lingered a little bit longer. And I think that's just that's just part of the natural progression of these props becoming legal and widespread and exactly. you know, people talking about them more in advance than ever before. So it, it's, it's tough because you're like, you know, I think the average fan is going to wake up on like, you know, Thursday, April 28th and be like, all right, what are we best bet? Everything's minus 200. Like what, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, yeah. I think uh, actually uh, one top 10 bet that I think is not bad value. Jordan Davis at four to one to go in the top 10. I know that um, a lot of people be like, Oh, his over has creeped up to like 15 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's always oh, a two down player, blah, 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 blah. That dude ran a four, seven, eight at 341 pounds. He is a, he's like a, like you don't want to call him a unicorn because unicorns are typically like smaller. He's like a, like a, I don't know, like a, I don't know what it is, but he's a he's a, like he is a freak of nature, a big uh, unicorn, <laughs> yeah, gigantic unicorn, yeah. Uh, as Josh Norris of Underdog has pointed out, no one has ever come into the league with this size, this speed, this strength. Like he, it's 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 just there's no one you can compare him to. And if he becomes a thir- a three down player at the NFL level, he's going to be absolutely destructive. He's got great pass rush skills, or at least better, I think, than people give credit for. So I think at four to one, that's a pretty good prop. You know, Daniel Jeremiah said that his floor is fourteen with the Ravens, so I like his under. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, by the way, was a scout with the Ravens and like worked with Eric DaCosta, knows the building very well, was there when they drafted Haloti Nada, um, and that's sort of the comp for Jordan Davis, I think. So four to one to me to be a top 10 pick in a draft where we can't say anything is certain inside those top, those first 10 picks, even you know, one through 10, you don't know. Uh, I like that value a little bit. Okay. Um, let's just go to the, the draft positions now, the over-unders, because those are generally the most popular plays on the draft. Um, and it's also where more value probably still lies as these you know uh, player to be a specific pick or go to a certain team is a tight window to hit and these top five top 10 markets have kind of played out um there's a good amount of them on the board at DraftKings, so i'm gonna i'm gonna scroll through and just rattle some off that i think based on our conversation so far i feel like we probably have an agreement that we still like based on the number on the board and then i'm just going to open it up to you guys if there's anything else that you still like but scrolling through it Based on our conversation so far, Derek Stingley. I mean, I guess you could just here's a top ten bet that I would say. That hey, I'm by the way, shout shouts to shouts to DraftKings for having just an absurd number of props. Like this, oh, yeah. is, like this is like a, a lot, a, a lot of a lot of a, a opportunities to get action down. 
great. The stage is yours to uh to oh, no, share continue. those types of share those types of messages. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I have been hounding the uh the sports book ops team to make sure to let me know when stuff is opening so that I can promote it and uh let people know and uh pushing them to just include more and more. So I'm happy that people are are enjoying them. Uh there's um, two uh, there's two I think on here that are that stand out to me if go I, ahead. yeah if you don't mind. Um <laughs> I would say Kayvon Thibodeau under four and a half at minus 145. I think you're going to see that juiced up a little bit more, a lot more in, in other spots. And, you know, based on. I, what, I already have him um, over five and a half is my worst draft bet that I have. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, I was like, you like that? I was like, that. oh, no. Oh, no. And I hate it, but I have it. <laughs> I think, um, I think our I buddy. money at least. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think our buddy didn't VR. I think, v, I think VR got a That was his too. first draft prop. I yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, look, you know, the steam, the, the steam was coming in that Thibodeau was going to drop went in the one draft. way and then went the other way. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> Cam Robinson, Greg Robinson over under, I mean, what's the difference? Right? <laughs> John Thibodeau. <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau the thing is, like, I, 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 I'm just being stubborn, but like, I, I agree with you. He's going to go two, three, four. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if I was you, I wouldn't buy back on the four and a half with a five and a half in hand because that you're you just don't begging get. to get like just completely. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to eat my L. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Kyle Hamilton over uh, ten and a half. I was going to get to that one. Feels pretty oh, yeah. good. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I bet five and a half, six and a half, eight and a half. Yeah, five and a half. Yeah, it opened I didn't at five even and a half. Five and a half like, was a thing two yeah. months ago. It opened at five and a half, and six and a half was like plus money for a good month. I got. I've got, some eight, I've got some eight and a half. I think, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, either yeah. way, he's not going top 10. I know ESPN's model and simulation has him 100% to go top 10. I don't know who made the model, but uh, the expected draft 100%, position is, huh? is 12. Like, expected draft position among, like, all the expert mocks is, like, 12 point something. Odds makers right now, you know, in a market that is constantly being bet by people who are, you know, doing all the, the hard work and grinding is 10 and a half with the over at minus 130 at DraftKings. So, I think you guys are right on the right play here. I think Washington at 11 makes a lot of sense for him. Houston at 12 or Houston at 13 is fine. Beyond that, though, I mean, there's a ton of other places where he could go. I think Atlanta is probably your only actually Seattle at nine could hose you because Seattle does weird things. But I mean, yeah, it's not like it's not like Kyle Hamilton is like out of left field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Seattle at nine, I could kind of see if Atlanta in the state that they're in right now use a top 10 pick on a safety, <laughs> safety. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Like whoever Atlanta takes with this number eight overall pick, assuming they don't trade back, is immediately like their second best player. Yeah. yeah. Cup <laughs> I mean, like that's that's how bad that roster is. You just cannot take a safety there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can do it. Then Seattle, like last year Seattle like I could kind of see it I think it makes less sense for what Seattle is now but again who knows well um, I mean well the thing with Seattle too let's not forget that they invested multiple first round picks and a brand new contract in Jamal Adams like you know these yeah. teams you know we don't think about it in this way quite as much but these teams budget out their salary cap and how much like what kind of resources resources they can allocate to certain positions like right. the reason the Legion of Boom kind of died off is because you just couldn't pay everybody at all those positions while also paying Russell Wilson and, uh, you know, and Cam Chancellor got hurt, but like to go to have Jamal Adams and to add Kyle Hamilton in the draft, I mean, that's just an egregious use of resources on the safety position. Yep. And so it kind of shows just based on the two plays that you gave out, Will, it shows what this draft betting market is like because Thibodeau was available at under five and a half at like 
plus 160 at one point in yeah. time a couple of weeks ago. And Hamilton was at six and a half. And we were talking about, is he going to go number two to the Lions at one point yeah. in time in mock drafts? <laughs> and now it's moved to a juiced under four and a half on, on one and a juiced over 10 and a half on the other. And we're still here saying that these are probably the right plays. So there can be a lot of movement when these markets are just off. And um, even though they have moved, I, I would not be afraid to get back in. And I, I do have a bunch of uh, Kyle Hamilton over six and a half at plus money. And I like, I'm with you. I would comfortably say like, he's just not going to be a top 10 pick. So you can go over that. You can go over that 10 and a half and you're, you're probably going to be fine there. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great call. Another one that I like that's still on the board here. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, I got two more here. Derek Stingley under 10 and a half. I think that that's a minus 130. I think you're able to get him going uh, as high as, I mean, five to the Giants if the Texans pick uh, sauce at three is very much in play. I think more realistically, probably seven or nine uh, would probably be where I'd expect him to go. And then uh, he could even go 10 to the Jets, as you guys he mentioned. Go, he could go, go eight to the Falcons. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, I think I'm, he, after his pro day where he, you know, had a 39 inch vertical four, four 40, you know, the biggest questions were revolving around his injury, uh, his list Frank injury that he suffered last August. I think he's in a great spot to go under there. So I like that one a lot. Um, oh, and then, I, should, I, should, yeah. I should point out, I was wrong. Um, AJ Terrell is probably the second best player in the Falcons. Like, I, that was, <laughs> like, like third, this, this pick would be the third best player in the Falcons. Yeah, Fair. no, that, that's, that's fair. I mean, still, I mean, the point stands though, mm -hmm. the depth on the Falcons, especially their receiving depth chart. And that's kind of where this next, next pick is i think jameson williams under 14 and a half even at minus 165 still just so many outs here the jets need a wide receiver so bad at four and ten they i mean we follow their actions they tried to get tyree kill they tried to get debo samuel like at dk metcalf any big adams they you have literally everyone one of those two picks has to be a wide receiver i mean if it's not a wide receiver i think the drafts can just be dubbed a failure regardless of who they get <laughs> and then uh seven or a pick number i think five and seven the giants are sneaky in play for a wide receiver it wouldn't surprise me that much falcons at eight just straight up the worst wide receiving uh depth chart that i've ever seen i mean Ever. I don't, I like most people can't even name the three Falcons receivers right now. And until I looked it up, I could not like a month ago. Uh, and so they have to pick a wide receiver too, I think, or at least they very well should. And then like, you're also getting other outs here. You're getting Washington 11, Minnesota 12, Houston 13, and even the Ravens don't even have that great of a receiving core either at 14. So the, the Falcons lost Russell Gage and Olamidius Zacharias, and both of those guys would be their number one receiver right now if they were still on the team. Like that's that's it's a rough. Not good. Yeah. It's not good. So yeah, they'll probably draft Kyle Hamilton. You have a better um, you have a better <laughs> chance of hitting a Calvin Ridley parlay than yeah. than naming all of the Falcons wide receivers on their depth chart. <laughs> well said. Um, I I agree on both of those, and again, these are things like I wish I had. had the time in basketball season to write up these articles and put these plays out as the numbers come out. But yeah, like I have some Jamison Williams under 16 and a half heavily juiced, but paid it and, and it's moved. Uh, and I'm on Stingley under 12 and a half where it was for, for a while. Connor's um, quitting his job if JMO goes top, top, top five, right? Oh that, man. I mean, I'm like, I'm like paying for my wedding with Jamison money. I mean, at that point, let's just... see. Uh, what is he currently on DK Sportsbook? Plus 1600 currently to go top five for Jamison Williams. Yeah. I, I grabbed some, he was 50 to one. Uh, and I also added some, 
At, I mean, we can talk about this real quick. The sixth pick is a sneaky trade down spot, right? So, well, not I, sneaky. But I think it's a sneaky spot for a guy like, like kind of the long shots, like a Jamison Williams, uh, Drake London, you know, some something like that, where, where a team trades up into that spot, like a wide receiver needy team. And for me, I mean, Jamison Williams fits kind of the mold there. We know that the Cardinals are interested in him. We know that the Saints are interested in him. We know that like uh, there's a bunch of other wide receiver needy teams in that late teens, early 20 section that could very easily trade up for him. So I think that at six pick two, it's like 50 to one still. I mean, it's again, it's a massive long shot. Like you should not be putting a ton of money on this uh, unless you're a sick individual like me. But, but, I, mean, uh, but I mean, like Jamison Williams is 50 to one and Tyler Linderbaum is 40 to one. There is a substantially <laughs> greater chance of Jamison Williams being a trade up candidate at six I don't think the Giants would take him, but I do think Atlanta and Seattle potentially, if they maybe they're gonna look like, all right, you know, we we're redoing some stuff. DK Metcalf might be unhappy. He's due for a big contract. Let's trade DK away. We'll bring in a wide receiver that we draft in the first round. Um, you know, I, like the the names listed above, and, and this is again, this is goes back to you know. Like a lot, you know, draft draft prop markets are largely reactive, and that's that's just sort of the nature of the beast. As you until you get closer to the the actual uh, draft, but like Kenny Pickett is plus set one seventy five to be the sixth overall pick. That makes sense given all the ties that Carolina has to Kenny Pickett. But to Connor's point, if they trade out, then all of a sudden you have a bunch of wild cards there. I think Derek Stingley Jr. at fifty to one yep. is a good bet for the number six pick as well. If I'm taking, I would take Jamison and Stingley there under the assumption that sauce Gardner is already gone. And as we mentioned, maybe, you know, the giants are like, all right, we're going to take our OL at five and then get Stingley at seven and somebody, and the Panthers are going to be willing to trade down from six for cheaper. They can still, than the, get, they can still get their good offensive linemen at 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever. But they're, they're, I, I, I promise you, they will be willing to take a discount from the trade chart. Oh yeah. Cause they just desperately need more picks. And Scott Fitterer noted like like trade junkie like he loves to trade down so i, I think i think there's a that's a great point on williams and i think i would uh, sprinkle on stingley too yeah and i mean also like you talked about this draft particular like the top 10 we have really like very little idea after pick one of what happens so i think kind of embracing some of that volatility there, one. Uh, oh yeah. man just get it over with I, I, i'm going to the draft in vegas i think i'd probably just like leave you know call it a day go get some bottle service somewhere and you know just be happy with the rest of my life i don't need if, anything uh, else you mean, if, if, if walker goes one or, or yeah two. yeah we got walker one jameson two doesn't matter just you know call it, hang, hang it up <laughs> are you gonna be there are you gonna be the draft i am yeah yeah i was gonna be in florida and now that got canceled so i'm just gonna be sitting i'm gonna be sitting right here oh, one time i'm gonna fun. be sitting right here too um I shouldn't have told my wife I canceled. I should have just like been like, "Yep, actually, they're sending me to Vegas now." Yeah, (laughs) we almost still time, uh, still time. Yeah, we almost had something going on in Vegas uh, for the draft, but nope, I'll be sitting right here uh, watching it. Well, you you Um, see, you see, Julian, you uh, like me work for a company that is partnered uh, with the NFL, and the NFL does not like. Uh, it's partners who don't, you know, like, if, like there's, there's a reason only two people can broadcast from Vegas. Like, like you know, it's, <laughs> it's ESPN and the NFL network. We got, we got VEASAN over there. Shout out. That's to true. Oh, I love VEASAN. Under the, under the DraftKings umbrella. That's true. That's true. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I've I, just, very... I mean like, like, uh, the, like the, there's no, a I know what I'm you're saying, mixed. Yeah, but I, I've made very, I've made very clear, um, that I don't mind work doing work with Vison if they want me out there. <laughs> same, same. <Vison. laughs> but um, also, shout out to uh, shout out to Mitch Moss who um, 
my buddy yeah, Will Newman an, an, went out an unreasonable there. odds uh, alum. Mitch comes on the pod from time to yeah. time. My uh, my buddy went out there for a bachelor party. I DM Mitch was like he wants to come swing by the show one morning. He's like he's gonna get up and come see the show. And sure enough, Newman got out there and <laughs> yeah, probably still up um, when that show goes. <laughs> not to get up, but uh, all right. I, I echo a lot of the uh, a lot of the draft position plays that we have. Uh, kind of given out together so far um in this segment i i want to talk about a couple more before we before we move on and then wrap um that i think are interesting i want to start we're talking about playing laying juice here trayvon walker under three and a half at minus 275 that's a ton of juice but are we going to see him fall outside of that top three how like how many scenarios do we have where he falls out of the top three he's going right. one i think he either goes one or he's not in the top three okay so, so there's no chance at two or three for well him. i don't i don't think there's no chance i just think that if and i guess it, it, the, other, the other thing too like you got to kind of play out the different scenarios like do the jaguar if the jaguars take an offensive lineman i don't think there's any chance that trayvon walker goes top three if no, the jaguars not. take Thibodeau or Hutch won. Walker could still sneak in there, but I don't know that it's likely because I think the I think the Lions will go either Hutch or Thibodeau, whichever one isn't taken, which means then you need to bank on the Texans to take Walker. So I would much rather take Walker first overall at plus one ninety, okay, than lay any kind of juice on Walker my uh, over three and a half. And in fact, you could even take the over at plus money with Walker on three and a half and pair it with the first overall. And maybe have a you know a, a potential to like I really don't think he goes top three if he's not first. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. No, I I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I do have some under three and a half action, but the more the closer we get to the draft now with Thibodeau entering the picture, kind of like very prominently for Detroit, uh, mm-hmm. the less I like kind of the under three and a half. I think that will played it the right way. And also, like what, like you didn't, you probably didn't lay two seventy five either. Right? No, 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 it was a lot yeah. less. Yeah, that's moved significantly. Um, Okay, we're talking we're talking to a line um a good amount up at the top of the draft. Charles Cross. His numbers set at seven and a half. I have some over, not at the minus 155 that it's at. I don't see as especially as potentially, you know, the top two guys slip. They were, you know, gonna go one and three or whatever. And now, you know, they're moving towards the back end of the top five, maybe. Um, I don't see how, and we're talking about the six pick potentially being up for, up for grabs. We're hoping the giants, you know, the giants at seven is the, is the way that you lose this. They go a different position at five. The top two are off the board and crosses their top rated guy at seven. I just don't see as many paths to losing this one as, as winning. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Uh, across is really interesting because it really, I think it all depends on whether you believe what the giants said. I think we mentioned earlier in the show, but if cross is their guy, uh, you know, I think the under is the right play at whatever plus money. If he's not their guy, I think Cross could easily fall out of the top 10. And I think right. you should be able to get that at kind of like plus money. So whenever uh, DraftKings will likely open up that market you guys have had in the past That's what few I was going to say. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for that. We're all waiting for that yes, no top 10. Yes, no yep. first round. Like mm-hmm. we need that market. I'll, I'll say something today. Because right now, uh, I mean, all, this, all those guys are super juiced, you know, like – I mean, basically the hold on that, that, that market is really high on, uh, you know, like the amount of juice. Cause once you offer a no, like, you know, 
So the no's are not going to be the opposite of the yes, at least in according fashion. I mean, there's guys like, you know, Matt Corral, who's like, you know, minus 130 to be a first round pick. Like, you know, give me all the plus money on Matt Corral not to be a first round pick, you know, like things like that. So we'll, we'll see when those things pop, but um, you know, we'll go from there. The cross thing. I mean, I think it's more likely that it's over seven and a half. I do worry though, if I'm betting that about the giants at seven who have been linked to cross have, and while they have a need at right tackle, not left tackle, they, according to somebody said it in chat or like (laughs) reported out. And like, I had somebody else text me about it. Um, They worked him out at right tackle and apparently really liked what he did at right tackle in their private workout. And then the Panthers at six, um, if, if Carolina ultimately doesn't go with a quarterback, I really, I really think they don't have a choice, but to go with a left tackle. And if Icky is off the board at let's say four or five and Evan Neal is off the board at three, then I think the Panthers will probably reach and take cross at six. Um, so that would be the only concern. Now, if Neal falls to them at six, then cross is over as it feels like a, almost a lock because it means that, you know, the, the, either the giants took Icky or um, it, I don't know, like that, at that point I would feel good about it, but regardless, I don't think any of us really want to lay minus minus one fifty five on the over. Um, right. So I think the better position is like the derivative on the yes, no on the top 10. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. That's fair. Um, and real quick, two guys that are, moving in opposite directions in terms of their draft prop and are now both set at five and a half sauce Gardner and Evan Neal. Um, is there anything still to do with these? It feels like sauce Gardner is going to be in that top five um, to me, which, you know, it was eight and a half a while ago. Hopefully you just got the eight and a half. Um, but is there anything still there? And is there anything still there on Neil Neil? I have some over three and a half. So like, that's a nice little middle right there on three and a half, five and a half, which is how you want to play that. But if you're just like you said, Will, if you're opening up the board and it, none of these numbers will look the same next Thursday if you're opening it up on draft day. But if you're getting into it in this last week, is there anything still there? Man, I don't have any sauce gardener under. I'm mad about that. I got Stingley under Ooh. 12 and a half. I don't have any sauce. I don't know why I didn't. If I, guess I, I, felt like- I, got, I was late to the party on sauce. I got him at the, I missed it. And it was like that heavy juice at eight and a half. So I played it. I think at like minus one forty at the seven and a half. Under Maybe seven. that's what happened. And now it's like, now I'm like, eh, five and a half is a bit rich. Yeah. Just because five and a half is, de- is definitely a bit rich, but I like, if you told me I had to bet it, I'm going to bet that he's a top five pick. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Fan. And well, so uh, looking at that, then what is the, let me show and bring it up. What is his, um, Top five is minus 115. Um, and so yeah. under five and a half is minus well, 125. So, they, so it's better to bet top five. Than oh, yeah, you okay, bet the top yep, five. Yeah, but that's just really, that's just really like a, like, you know, like a little like, uh, like same site shopping basically is. Yeah. That'll, that'll correct itself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Somebody probably after somebody listens to this podcast and realize that they obviously are there. The markets take a little while to catch up. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's more likely than not to go to either either at three four like three four or five feel like really good landing spots he's been connected there i you know and then i think it's three of the last six drafts we've seen a a cornerback be drafted in the top six or maybe it's even top five and it only happened like three times in the previous 30 years so it's something that teams are clearly more comfortable with doing i just sort of wonder and 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 here's the other thing too is that you know you're you have this top five pick you're the giants or the jets are you, are you going to be like, well, we sort of need an edge rusher. Jermaine Johnson's there. 
Or are you going to say, you know what? We're just taking the best cornerback in the draft class. Like we're taking this like Cincinnati dude, physical long can play great press man. I mean, like, I think, I think the move for these teams is going to be to take, especially, you know, a Joe Douglas type or a, um, you know, Joe Shane, you know, first years are going to be like, all right, let's take, let's just take the best player, like the best player on our board. That's all Gardner. So I, I would feel good about it, but it's obviously you would rather have that seven and a half, eight and a half. Yeah, no, I'm feeling great about that. One of my bigger positions uh, currently Evan Neal though. Uh, I don't know what to do with, I honestly, at this point, the offensive lineman, I've kind of just thrown my hands in the air and just going to let it happen. Uh, I don't know. I mean, every team, I think that especially Neil and Aquanu are so, you know, tightly clustered and they're different players, you know, Aquanu, the physical specimen, a little bit more raw, but like more upside, Neil, more polished has played multiple positions, obviously was at Alabama, you know, like a little bit more safe, but you know, again, might not have as much upside as, as Icky. I just think that we don't know how teams value that stuff internally. And so kind of like pairing them at specific spots, uh, I I mean, is really difficult. And so kind of figuring out where they go is hard. I personally, I'm just staying away. And I think that the over three and a half is probably the right play because his only out was there was the Texans. Uh, but now at this point, at five and a half, again, you know, three, four, five, I think are all very much in play for an offensive lineman. Which one? I'm not sure. So I think that it's tough for me to take the over there. So And the other thing too, is that when you look at, three, four, and five, all three of those teams, and this applies to the Jaguars to a degree, but all three, the Lions, I mean, excuse me, the Texans, Jets, and Giants all have a, star, a uh, theoretically high caliber starting left tackle, either who they've invested in uh, with Tunsil, Makai Vecton, and then Andrew Thomas. Um, so it, like, do you want to use a top five pick on a right tackle? Or, you know, as I pointed out earlier, like, I think they'll move on from Tunsil. And we don't know if Becton's going to work out. He's skipping voluntary workouts right now. Like, we don't know if he's going to end up being the guy they hope he is. So that's sort of the unknown there, too, is, like, we don't know internally how these guys feel about those specific players. We can only guess. And then you also have to hope that they're willing to take a right tackle in the top five, which is, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you want to protect your quarterback. Right tackles are very important. Franchise tag is the same for both sides, but that's a, that's a rich price for, for a right tackle. All right, I want to do two more of these over-unders real quick. We'll do spend like a minute on each. I've bet this. I'm going to write it up. It's one that hasn't really moved that much other than a little bit of juice, but a guy that I like and that I think is picking up some steam in the top half of the first round, that would be Devin Lloyd. Um, linebacker from Utah, under 18 and a half. I like this. We've seen a handful of mock drafts. I've seen one where he goes five, one where he goes six one where he goes nine. I don't necessarily agree with them cracking the top five, but I have a sprinkle on him plus 2000 top 10. And I like the under 18 and a half um, in like 30 seconds each. Yay or nay, you guys on board. Connor, you can start. Yeah. I mean, lean under, I think he's super volatile. Uh, you know, it's a guy who could go top five, a guy who also would not surprise me to be available in the late twenties. Uh, you know, like off ball linebackers just don't really, aren't valued as much. And I think that's the biggest issue with it. Uh, but again, like there is, are there a ton of fits 18 and a half gives you a good amount of wiggle room. Cause you know, again, the positional importance kind of starts to play a little bit less of a role, I think in like after, you know, pick 10, because people aren't feeling like they have to, you know, na absolutely nail the pick. Uh, now, you know, you get to the 11 to 18 range. I think there's a little more flexibility to pick a guy like Lloyd, who's obviously a good talent, just not quite a valued position. Yeah. And you've got teams, um, sort of in that range with the Eagles having the two picks, right? Um, and, you know, you have the Chargers who might have a need for that as well. Yeah, I, I would I would lean towards the under there uh, as well. But, I mean, look, anything you're taking 
over under inside like outside of that top 10 i mean anything in this entire draft is going to be volatile like there is yep. there is a chance that we are dead wrong on a lot of like where these guys <laughs> might land it's a, it's the opposite of last year it reminds me a little bit of of uh kyle hamilton isn't just that the really good football player that maybe plays a position that you can't justify a top 10 pick on but once you get to that like 10 to 18 range i feel like he's gonna go there except we're getting 18 and a half and not yeah. 10 and a half on there's a hundred percent like a um uh i don't know what the discount would be called but it's like you know it's like kenny pickett you take kenny pickett at six Oh boy, if you really put yourself up for for risk here, you take Kenny Pickett at sixteen. It's like, all right, you know, he fell a little bit. Like that's pretty good value. Like that's right. that's just mm-hmm. how the the mindset of these you know these the front offices work because it's the mindset of how the fan works. Um. All right, and real quick, I think this is the highest number uh, for a guy on the board at DraftKings right now, and that would be fifty nine and a half huh. on one John Mechie. Um. I think he opened sixty two and a half, maybe. Um. I think that Mechie's going to go in the, you know, early to mid second round. Um, I think he's worth a little under flyer there, especially with how wide receivers are expected to fly off the board in this draft. Um, is John Mechie going to go in the top 59 picks? Yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I played a little bit on the under. Uh, I didn't see that it was actually up on drafting, so I'll probably be adding to my position a little bit because, right. uh, yeah, I, I think multiple sources have mentioned that they see him as kind of like a early second-round pick, and then Bob McGinn came out with his article yesterday, had him as actually the sixth-ranked wide receiver above George Pickens, above Christian Watson. These are rankings developed, like, that are pulled from executives in the league. So this is not just oh, like wow. his, his opinion. Like these are just like actual sources in the league saying that they think a guy like John Mechie um, should be like a fringe first rounder more so than a second rounder or more than like a late second rounder. So I think the under 59 and a half, pretty good wiggle room. Like you said, wide receivers should fly off the board. I think I, I like the over five and a half wide receivers. I think that I don't think he touches the first round, but I think that early to mid second is very fair for a guy like Mechie. And if you look at the teams that are going to be drafting in those spots, you right. have, I, I know the Kansas, the Chiefs have a spot, a pick there, and the Packers have two picks inside the second round in, you know, inside of 59. So you're looking at a, uh, you know, let's say that the Packers draft a defensive player and a wide receiver in the, in the first round. You know, people are like, oh, they only took one wide receiver. How could they? Well, they're probably going to come back and get another one uh, in the second round. And, and sort of the same things with the Chiefs. You know, we've seen the Chiefs not always invest first round picks in those wide receivers. It wouldn't be surprising if they decided to instead, you know, use one of those picks on a defensive player, maybe two of them on a defensive player and get their wide receivers there in the second round. Uh, that would make a lot of sense there. So I like that under two. All right. We got to start to wrap this up. Um, but I will, uh, you know, give each of you a minute before we do so to answer two questions. Number one, is there anything that we have not covered on this draft that you feel passionate about that you want to share? And number two, just based on what is on left on the board right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, your best bet as of Thursday, April 21st on the NFL draft. Um, you each have a minute, Connor, go ahead and, and share what's on your mind um something we can say no there's not that we haven't there's nothing that you need to touch on extra and just give your favorite play that's fine uh okay well real quick i'll give one that we have not touched on that i thought was a good look here not something that i'm absolutely in love with but kyler gordon first round you're able to get that i believe it like plus 130 to plus 150 
Um, you know, some people plugged in people in the NFL, basically have spoken to a lot of teams, said that they all have a first round grade on him. And that, you know, when talking to teams, they said that he should not be there and will not be there in the second round. So I'm willing to take a, a you know, kind of like a little stab there at plus money. I think that if we're looking at something that's probably a 50 50 proposition and, you know, it's not being priced as such. I think that there's, uh, you know, hence value there. Um, probably best play here. You know, I talked about it enough, but Jameson Williams under 14 and a half, just, you know, take it to the bank. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, man, it's going to suck when Connor's not getting married. <laughs> Jameson Williams goes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jameson Williams goes like sixteen or twenty, and uh, find me on the streets in Vegas. I mean, you, know, you, like, you better you better start live streaming yourself. It gets to like eleven, and Jameson Williams hadn't been hadn't been drafted. <laughs> is this the part where is this the part where Will gives out his best bet as Jameson Williams over fourteen? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh man, I will book any amount of action still. Just a just uh you know. No, no, I love J- I love Jamo too, and I think that the it's sort of the natural progression for the ACL tear to push a guy down. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, people are like, Oh, well, coverage like Jeffrey Simmons is a great example, right? I mean, like teams, teams just aren't scared of ACLs anymore. They don't, they don't, they don't bother at all. I think one bet that um, had, I think, I think this number is going to move and it's Tyler Linderbaum's uh, under 27 and a half. It's minus minus one twenty-five. Everybody's talking about, ah, nobody beats a center. It's going to be tough. Like, is he definitely going to get taken? Um, But I think there are going to be a couple teams that really like Tyler Linderbaum. And I also believe there's a couple teams who are confident that Linderbaum as a comp for Jason Kelsey is going to be an extreme target by the Jacksonville Jaguars with the first pick of the second round. Like I mentioned, you know, maybe they go pass rusher one then get Doug Peterson, his guy uh, at the top of the second round. I think people know they have to jump him to do that. And you look at that, uh, you know, you look at the draft order and there are definitely some opportunities down here where you can trade back up, whether it's the Patriots, uh, a team that loves to trade down, obviously, um, or the Packers, you know, they have multiple picks, uh, you know, the, you know, I think there'll be teams that are willing to trade. So I like Linderbaum's under. I think he's I think he's sort of being undervalued in the market relative to how uh, teams think about him. As a pick, and a best bet. Uh, sheesh, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say like best bets after they all move. You know what I mean? I know. Take- yeah, I know. Like I, I would say for me, like my best bet at this point, and it's crazy because it's moved so much. It would probably be like Stingley under ten and a half. Stingley to be in the top. Yeah. 10. I think or Kyle, or Kyle Hamilton over the ten and a half. I was gonna go with Hamilton over ten and a half or uh, Thibodeau under four and a half. Like, I right. think, like, I think obviously the you want Hamilton at six and a half, but yeah, it's 10 and a half now. So yeah, <laughs> do we like world. it or not? <laughs> yeah. I, I still think Hamilton falls. I think, I think 11, I, I think he, I wouldn't take it 11 and a half because I think Washington really likes him and will take him and potentially take him at 11. I, I think Thibodeau under four and a half at minus 145 is, is a great pick. There's all four of the, all four of the teams picking in the first four are possibilities for him. In my opinion, to take him all four have a need there and this constant buzz of that forced him to be pushed down now is reversing course as we get closer to the draft. And that typically is a sort of a prompt for what might be more realistic than, you know, the, the stuff that was a month ago. Sorry, Julian. I know you had the there, five and a half. Over. No, no, no. There. Yep. Yeah. No, my, yeah, I'm, I'm cooked there. Um, 
that's just the way it is. You play I mean, some, I, early, like, you play some early, you lose them. Um, did you bet that too, Connor? The over- I did. Yeah, I had a little bit on that for sure. I mean, it's yeah, one of my I, smaller positions, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just kind of sat on it and didn't hedge out, and now I'm just holding the bag. But it, sorry, I didn't have it. I didn't have it available. Otherwise, I would have bet it too. So. <laughs> but if we like at the same time, if we weren't betting this stuff early, like you just got to get burned on a couple of them. Otherwise, yeah. you don't have a Kyle Hamilton plus money over six and a half in your yeah. pocket. So you yeah, and a half, and you're petrified when <laughs> seven gets there because your buddy's got six and a half and you got to and now he's gonna he's gonna win you're gonna lose that's, a, that's right so yeah, there I were mean, far more w's of closing line value than l's i think that was like the only one among our group that was like you know was kind of stood well, out the and, rest and all think back to last year too with um pitts and jamar chase and how much and waddle and how much those three guys moved in terms of you know eventually it was like pits over under five and a half minus 300 or something like that right. and like mm-hmm. if you got it early enough you're getting like six and a half minus 125 and so it is worth it to take those risks if you think you know you gotta you gotta play them early i mean yeah you can't get you mad at yourself exactly um all right well hopefully that helped you guys listening um with some nfl draft stuff We'll get this up and, uh, you know, stuff will stuff will move, but the information will still hopefully hold some hold some value here for a few days. And this last week leading up to the NFL draft. Um, Thank you to Connor Allen. Thank you to Will Brinson for both of you guys for coming on. Um, That is a podcast. We are going to have another unreasonable odds early next week um with another guest or two discussing more nfl drafts so we're gonna have more of the same maybe the lines will have moved maybe we'll just get some new bets from some guys that are come on gonna come on and share some information um but i think this was very helpful so thank you to both of you guys for coming on and that is yeah, it no thanks for having us Our kids have said to us since we've moved to minnesota we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.